Hey everybody, this is Matt and welcome to another Overflow Pod on our series on happiness. Last pod, we started on Philippians 3, the habits of happiness, and we looked at the first two, relaxing in God's grace and remembering what matters most and how important it is to do these every day. These are daily habits. So this time of year, it is my favorite time of year, right after Halloween. Tired of the ghosts and the goblins and all that stuff. There's Halloween. It's out of here. I'm I'm done with that. So there's Thanksgiving and Christmas. You have the leaves falling off the trees, creating a beautiful tapestry. The weather is getting cooler, and Christmas is just amazing with the decorations and all the stuff that goes along with it. And also, for some reason, we have taken the best family vacations in November. And my favorite ones are when our whole family has gone to Disney World. And what makes certain trips better than others is the effort we put in in planning before we go. Because if you plan the best, you can get the best experiences, the best meals, and how to navigate all the craziness that the vacation has to offer. And one of my favorites was when we went to Disney World. Because of my wife's planning, she's like an expert in this area, it made the trip amazing. Vacations are always best when you know a lot about the area you're going to to maximize the fun. I hate not knowing what I'm doing. Now, some people like to fly by the seat of their pants, and so do I a lot of times, but not on vacation. I want to know exactly what I'm doing so I can plan out my day and I can plan out everything. The third daily habit of happiness we need is getting to know Jesus better every day. Just like knowing more about vacations before you go helps you experience every day there better than the day before, you do this in your daily life, it will increase the happiness as you get to know Jesus more each day. Think about it. If you've already become a Christian, you've asked God to forgive you of your sins, and you trust in Jesus, what he did for you on the cross. You put God as the Lord of your life. And the more you know about him, the happier you will be each day. The more you understand about this massive commitment that you have, that you made and about his mercy and grace, the less stressful and anxious you will be. Listen. You and I were both made to live in a relationship with God. And if we think we can be joyful or happy without getting to know him better, the thing that we were made for, we're just fooling ourselves. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11 says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. So you got to understand the difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. He says, I want to know Christ. When you see famous people, you know you know about them, but do you know them? I was watching a documentary on YouTube about a bar club in Hollywood called The Rainbow. And it was a place where rock and movie stars gathered. And what I found interesting was the fact the bar owner was just a normal old man but he actually knew all these rock stars. They didn't just come into his restaurant. He started relationships with them. He was like a father figure to them. He provided for them before they made it big. He would give them free food. He would always give them soup and bread. And they hung out with him after they were huge. And one of the main characters they talked about in this documentary was Slash from Guns N' Roses. He went there when he was 16 with a fake ID and eventually got busted, but formed a relationship with the owner over time. And many of the Guns N' Roses videos were recorded right there at the Rainbow. 
Slash has his own booth there. The owner actually knew him and treated him like a son. Now, I've listened to every Guns N' Roses record. I was a big Slash fan growing up. I've read so much about them and all their problems and all that stuff. And I think I know them as a fan, but do I really know them? Not even a little bit. I know about them. I don't know him. I know about those people. I mean, I know my wife. I know my kids. Why? Because I spend time with them. I have a relationship with them. Paul says, I know Christ because I spend time with them. I have this relationship with them. And in order to get someone to know someone better, you got to invest time and energy with them. On our Disney vacation that we went to, that was my favorite in November, I met Mickey and Minnie at Tusker House in Animal Kingdom. Then we saw them right outside the restaurant. We saw them again just a few days later in Epcot. Then we met them again at Magic Kingdom multiple times. Do I know Mickey Mouse? No. Does he know us? No. Not to mention he's a fictional character played by, you know, people inside. But seriously, just because you meet somebody or you talk to somebody, you don't really know them. Take money, for example. Your money isn't going to grow just sitting there. You have to invest it somewhere in order for it to grow. We all know that, right? Your relationship with God is not going to grow unless, like any other relationship, you invest time in that relationship. If you meet someone who has a strong relationship with God, with Jesus, I will guarantee you they spent time investing in talking to him and letting him talk to them. You don't grow a relationship without investing time in it. Now, this is great marriage advice, but it's also true in everything that we do. It's purposeful. Now, what's the trap? We're talking about spending time with someone, so the trap is an obvious one. What keeps you from spending time with someone? Busyness. That's the trap. Busyness destroys relationships. It can destroy your relationship with your husband, your wife, or your kids, your relationship with God if you don't spend any time with them. To get to know Jesus, you got to make time and spend time with him. But let me tell you, it doesn't take a lot of time. I mean, if you just set aside 10, 15 minutes in the morning, you know this in any relationship. Just take a few minutes of focused time can make all the difference in the world. Then talking maybe throughout the day or maybe on your ride home, maybe debrief with Jesus about your day if you've had a rough one at work. And if you talk to Jesus on the way home, then maybe you won't bring up your anger or your disappointment or your frustration that you had at work on your family. Maybe the love that Jesus has for you to empty out all that tough stuff so that all that's left by the time you get home is love. The more you spend time with him, the more you will experience his love and joy. And then that cascades down to all your other relationships. So if you want to get to know God, truly understand him and know who he is, you got to spend time with him. And if you want to spend time with him, you got to make time for him. But it doesn't take much. So why don't we do it? Let's do it together. I'm going to promise to make sure that tomorrow I will do this, and I hope you will too. That's the third daily habit. Not just one day, though. Try and do it every day. Fourth daily habit is review where do I need to grow every day. Take a minute or two out of each day and do a little spiritual checkup. Take your spiritual pulse. You know, that's what we do. We go to the doctor's office. He wants to check out our physical being. What do they do? They take our measurements, our, our vitals, if you will. 
Say, Lord, where do I need to grow? What are my vitals? What do I need to work on ASAP? Where am I weak? Where do you want me to be stronger? Psalm 139, 23, and 24 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, through that verse, every morning it's like saying, Okay, God, time for my physical. Make sure where I'm weak. This takes humility, but it's a habit that will lead to happiness. Because following Jesus is a decision followed by a process the rest of your life. You can't follow without walking. you got to have movement. So following Jesus is a decision followed by a process. You say, do I need to work on anger? Do I need to work on patience? Do I need to get work on ridding myself of jealousy or watching my words or being relaxed in his grace? No matter how far we think we are in life, we need to do this daily. Now, on our on our last trip, Jeanette reviewed every day the plan for the next day, maximizing the possibilities, fixing past mistakes. And you know what? Every day on that trip, on that vacation, got more enjoyable because she applied what she learned from the mistakes we made in preparation. No matter how much of an expert you are, we all need to grow because we haven't arrived. Verse 12 and 13 of Philippians 3 says, not, not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Now, this is amazing because it is written by a guy who wrote most of the New Testament. And Paul is an older man by this point. And yet he says he hasn't arrived. And if anyone had the right to say, I've arrived spiritually, I would think it would be the guy who wrote most of the New Testament through the inspiration of God. But Paul says, no, I haven't arrived. I'm up in years, in age, but I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still becoming more like Christ. I'm not just sitting on my blessed assurance and waiting out the end of my life. I'm humble and I keep growing. You see, that's where the fourth trap comes in, pride. Pride will keep you from growing. Because when I pretend that I've got it all together, you don't have anything together. And we already know you don't have it all together. And God knows you don't. You're the only one who won't admit that you don't have it all together. See, we think as we get older and we mature, we, you know, you know, we don't have it all together. No, what we have all together is pride. Because we already know, we think that we're better than what we really are. See, pride keeps us from growing. See, happy people never stop growing. Happy people never stop learning. Happy people never stop discovering, never stop stretching, never stop learning. If you stop growing, you become miserable because you were made to grow. You were made to learn. You were made to be better next year than you are this year. And if you're coasting, whenever you're coasting, you're heading downhill. You know, since we we visit Disney World a lot, we pay attention to what they do, the upgrades that they make. And what's interesting, though, is that the last six years, Disney hasn't done much at all. They haven't really upgraded much of anything. However, their competition, Universal Orlando, is building a huge theme park called Epic Universe, which will be availed either next year, I believe it's next year, or the year after. Now, what will Disney do to combat their opponent? Will they stand pat? Will they say, we're the king of the theme park universe? Will their pride keep them from growing? Hmm. It's a question. In our lives, you have to ask yourself, 
where am I stopped growing? Because I think I got it all together. I can tell you this trap is insidious because the second you think I'm doing okay, you know what? You're probably not doing okay because that's where pride comes in. Pride always comes first before we fall. Fifth habit, forget what can't be changed and focus on the future every day. Every day, forget that what can't be changed and focused on the future, not on the past. Your past is past. It's over. It's done. All the worry can never change anything. And let's just be honest. You've been hurt a lot in the past. I'm sorry. Happiness requires letting go and learning to forget. You're like, I, you, you don't understand what I've been through. I, you're probably right. I don't. But happiness requires letting go of the hurt and learning to forget the pain. You see, you can hold on to your pain. Nobody's going to force you to let it go. You can hold on to that. You can hold on to that bad memory. Or you can say, you know what? I can be happy. You can't be happy and hold on to pain. You got to choose. So why don't you choose today to let go of the pain? Of the past that controls you, that limits your happiness, that makes you bitter and angry and resentful. Was it fair? No, it wasn't. Whatever happened, whatever you went through, whatever pain it was, it probably wasn't fair. You probably didn't deserve it. But moving on, what is the pain doing for you? It's just making you angry. It's just making you hurt. Whatever that person did to you way back when, when you still hold on to that, they still have a hold on you. Let it go. Philippians 3, 13 to 17 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. See, other translations say, instead of pressing on, focus my energies on this one thing. See, you only have a limited amount of energy. You don't have unlimited energy. That's why we get tired. You get fatigued. You get worn out. Because you have a limited supply. Because you're human. And since you've only had that limited supply, don't waste your energy on the past. Don't waste your emotional energy. It's it's vital. It's a small amount. And when you waste it thinking about the past, it doesn't help you one bit. The past is the past. Would you like to change it? Of course. Can you? No. So forget it. Use all your emotional energy on today. Because that's all you got. You can't even use it on tomorrow because you're not there yet. Focus all your energy by forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now this one is insidious because there's three traps. First you have the trap of regret. That stuff you wish you hadn't done, you did differently. We all second guess ourselves. Are there things I wish I had done differently in life? Oh yeah. But I can't dwell on them because the past is the past and I can't change it. It's done. So I'm not going to waste any emotional regrets. Second trap, unforgiveness or resentment. That's the stuff that people have done to you, the bad things. That's 
guilt, shame, regret. The bad things that people have done to you, that's where resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness come in. And either way, whether it's what you did wrong or what they did wrong to you, it can grab a hold on to you and you can get stuck there. Holding on to resentment is dumb. It doesn't hurt anybody but you. The whole time you're thinking about that other person who hurt you so bad and they're out there having the time of their life. They don't even, they're not thinking of you. They don't even know you exist. So your resentment is not hurting them, but you. It's like my my daughters yell at me all the time when I when someone drives bad at me and passes me in the car and I start and I talk to them about how bad of a driver they are. They're like, Dad, they can't hear you. They don't care what you're saying. Why are you still dwelling on this side? Why are you still upset about that guy cutting you off? It's it's ridiculous. We hold on to resentment or unforgiveness. And all it does is it makes us feel bad. It's the second trap. Then you have the third trap, the trap of tradition. We've always done it that way. Famous seven last words. We have always done it that way. You know, I remember when the phone, when the smartphones first came out and they had a clock on the front cover and I had a watch and I always wore a watch. And I was like, it's tradition. I got to wear my watch. But I, but I, once I got the phone, I stopped looking at my watch. But I still wore my watch because it was a trap of tradition. Eventually, I took it off. Everybody has traditions in your life. And every day, things changed. Have you noticed your body's changing? Not for good. <laughs> Your body is changing, relationship changes, the weather changes, culture changes, everything is constantly changing and you cannot stop change. So you have to decide, I can either get mad and resist and resent the changes that are happening or I can choose to be happy. Happy is a choice. How you handle change in life reveals your maturity. It reveals how connected to God you are. The more connected to God you are, you are connected to the eternal. So it doesn't matter what's changing down here. See, anything that's in style today will be out of style tomorrow. Isaiah 43, 18, 19 says, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you perceive it? Now, tradition isn't bad. I know I called it the trap of tradition, but, but, but it's really solely focusing on tradition. That's where it's a subtle trap. What we should do is respect tradition, but focus on the future. I'm thinking about Christmas. At Christmas, my family and I have some great traditions that my wife and I had as kids that were passed on to us from our parents. And we passed them on to our kids, but we also started new events to do that the kids wanted to do. And maybe I'm not the biggest fan of it because it's slightly different than what I went through, but the kids love it. So I let go of certain traditions and I started new ones. So focus on the future, but give respect to tradition. Don't just look at the past, but what is God going to do with you tomorrow? I know when my when my kids have kids, they're going to probably keep some of the traditions I passed on and start new ones. And that's okay. No big deal. Beware of the subtle trap of tradition and change. You have to change. You can't not change and be and be happy. But it's a choice that you have to make. So let's recap these five daily habits from Paul's life. The first two from last week, last pod, relaxing in God's grace and remembering what matters most. 
Then third, get to know Jesus better every day. Every single day, get to know him better. Start with just a little five-minute conversation. Make it 10, 15. And then talk to him throughout the day. Debrief on your way home from work. In your car. Everyone usually drives a car or takes some kind of transportation unless you work at home. And if you do work at home, then maybe go into the bathroom or a closet or somewhere quiet before you leave your desk area or wherever and rejoin your family for the for the day. Spend some time in debrief and maybe so you can let go of all the stuff that so you don't bring work home with you. Fourth, review where you need to grow. Spend some time saying, you know what, I need to grow in these areas. Fifth, forget what can't be changed and focus on the future. And I can guarantee you, if you bring these daily habits into your life, you will be amazed at how much happier you will be. Well, I hope this encouraged you this week and that you had a great Halloween. And now we're on to the best time of the year, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So God bless, and we'll see you in the next podcast.